True Disciples, it's your girl Michaela, and I'm a co-host here with my handsome husband Rico Smith. Hey True Disciples, it's your boy Rico. Thank you for tuning in with another episode. For you guys who are first uh, tuning in for the first time, uh, welcome to the show. We love to have you. Uh, here me and my wife are on a mission to turn people back to a relationship with God and away from legalism. Here we discuss kingdom marriage, health relationships, and what it means to be a true disciple. Let's stay tuned, stay blessed, and most importantly, stay connected to the ultimate power source, which is Jesus. All right, we about to start, y'all. Define, I don't like to try to define, you know, who God is 
through material possessions and stuff. I just pray that spiritually people will be able to see it through the fruitfulness, um, you know, that he produces in us. So anywho, you guys, it's just, it's just, it's really just been a blessing, like all the way around, um, throughout these couple of weeks and just coming up and stuff. And we're just really excited about it. But we came on here, you guys, to just talk about another lesson. God gave us another brainstorm for, mm-hmm. brainstorm for a lettuce, lesson. I said a lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> another brainstorm for a, a lesson. And it's going to be coming out of Colossians 2, 16, 20 through 23. And this, this, um, this whole lesson, you guys, is going to be talking about um, reconnecting back to the head. Um, knowing who Jesus is, right? It's going to be all coming out of Colossians 2, 18 through 21. And this week we're going to be talking about undoing religion. And religion is really just one of those things that, you know, a lot of people get um, trapped in before actually entering into relationship. And I just got to be real with y'all. Like, if if you're caught up in religion, then you don't know who Jesus is. Exactly. There's no way that you can have a relationship with him and think that you have to jump through all these hula hoops and ladders and steps in order to get to him because that's not how he is. He's not confined in a box. He's not confined in a building. He's not confined in our humanly thinking. He's he's so much greater than that's why we call him sovereign, you know, and um yeah, y'all. So we're going to be really talking about Colossians 2, 16 through 23. And um, I'm doing really just so big. What's your take on it? Um, Just, uh, you know, as we get in the word, just want to make sure that we're like, you know, staying connected to, you know, what uh, the Lord has called everybody to do pretty much, you know, and st- instead of like straying away from different things. And even if you like, you know, get to a point where in your life you don't really want to do it no more, this and that. And uh, and the Lord just give us grace on that because he continues to still want us to, you know, fulfill his, you know, his purpose pretty much for you. So that's, and I know sometimes it'd be hard. You just trying to like, you know, Lord, like, man, I'm trying to, you know, you call me to do this and that, but big down, I really don't want to do it because I, I, I guess I don't know how to do it. You know what I'm saying? So, it's, you know, having that grace, you know, the Lord gives us is just pretty much like, I guess, give us room to, you know, actually hear from and actually like understand ourselves more uh, what we got, you know, we're being called to do pretty much. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's it's crazy how things, you know, pretty much work for that, you know? Yeah. I but, feel it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we think, I used to think that, um, like, you know, your purpose can only be found in a church. Like, you have to be going to a church. Right. Sometimes God doesn't always call us all to a church, you know. He has to, how is he going to get to the people outside of the church, you know, if, you know, we're all confined to just being in a church. And I feel that because religion for years has really just kept me enslaved. Um really just trying to follow and feeling as though I can't eat this, I can't do this, or I can't, you know, drink this, or you know what I'm saying? So it's just one of those things where it's just like when you come into like a real relationship and a knowing of Jesus, bro, and 
a relationship not as like a slave and a master but a relation he's our bridegroom like that's our friend like Jesus was called a friend of sinners like he's our friend bro like you know what I'm saying so it's just one of those things where when you actually come into a relationship with him you get to know who he is and you start slowly religion starts falling off because Mm -hmm. where relationship is there's no religion it can't be when Jesus is there you know so it's just that's you know that's why you always gotta like stay on the right path man Right past you're gonna it. Try to. You're going to fall off. Right. You're going you're gonna to fall. You might stumble, but, like, he'll still be there to pick you up, you know? Mm-hmm. That's one thing about grace. You see grace working even in the Old Testament, before Jesus, the Savior of the world, came. Mm-hmm. You know, this is when David was singing psalms and stuff, talking about how God was the Savior. You know, this is before Jesus came. And you see grace, you know, grace and mercy that God gave. And um, it hasn't changed with Jesus. It's just we have, it's like God gave us the key, you know, and now it's up to us to use the key, which is Jesus, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, that's why I'm so happy about, you know, today, like actually like, you know, showing, you know, depicting, you know, depiction. Yeah, man, I, I'm, a pretty, I'm I'm trying to say uh, depiction, trying to show the depiction. I'm like, you know, the comparison with with like you know church rules and like what reality actually calls for yeah you know well what god calls for pretty much and uh that's what we're gonna see through uh second colossians right here uh, i'm gonna read i'm gonna read it right here so it's second colossians 18 18 through uh 23 20 let me see here what was it's, it? it's chapter two Chapter 2, 18 through 21. 21, okay. Uh-huh. Chapter 2. All right. It says, Do not let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you. Such a person also goes into great detail, about, great detail about what they have seen. They are pulled up with the idle notions by their own spiritual mind. They have lost connection with the head from whom the whole body supported and held together by the ligaments and sinews grows as God causes it to grow. Since you die with, with Christ to the elemental spiritual forces of this world, why is though you still belong to the world? Do you submit to his rules? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. These rules will have to do with things that are all destined to perish with use or based on merely human commands and teachings. Such regulations indeed have an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship, their false humility, and their harsh treatment of the body, but they lack any value in notes and restraining sensual indulgence. That's crazy, because it's like, that's crazy, because I, I, feel, I feel like that last part, you know what I'm saying? Like how, you know, we, this is, well, people don't know what this, uh, this word is talking about. So, you know, the Apostle Paul is talking to the Colossians about their, um, you know, their religious like practices, pretty much. Um, you know, with the, a lot of people don't know religious practices, fasting or, um, you know, not eating certain foods or, you know, uh, pretty much wearing certain clothing and this and that. All this stuff that's like at the end of the day, not really important to a God, you know what I'm saying? Because. Yes, these these things are these things are put in place for like man, 
you know, and they have carried throughout generations and generations pretty much. And people have looked at these things more as a connection to God or spiritual, you know, like he said, like, you know, earthly spiritual spirituality that it caused them to be, you know, depleted off. Cause that's what we see. I mean, that's what we see nowadays with this new, this new world spirituality where people want to do the stones or people want to do the, uh, the trees and the nets, even the games we played when we was young, when people would look at your hands and, and look at the markings on your hands and see how many kids you have. It's just all this stuff was just sorcery stuff that you just never knew as you grew up, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, it's crazy to like catch that when you get older and as you come closer to, to the Lord, it's like, man, like what a dangerous field I could have stepped into if I didn't know no better, pretty much. And this stuff, so Paul's Paul's just depicting everything. All this stuff is just like, everybody's doing this over the Lord. You know what I'm saying? Even the Sabbath, even the Sabbath, because Jesus literally cut the Sabbath in half, pretty much. And, you know, when, you know, when Jesus was in his, uh, his disciples, they were eating, remember they were eating bread and chilling with those people. And the Pharisees came upon him and was like, Hey, uh, you know, and everybody don't know this is, this is, is in, this is in uh, Mark three Mark. It's in Mark. Um, so, you know, when Jesus came up and was like, you know, the Pharisees came up and they was like, Hey man, why are you, why are your guys are, you know, eating, you know, food on the Sabbath and stuff. And Jesus told them like the parable, like he was like, well, if the lamb, you know, was in a hole, would you not say the lamb because of a practice pretty much? Or would you rescue that lamb, you know, out of that hole? And they had nothing to say. Cause it's like, if your mama was like on a cliff, you think, and you know what I'm saying? The Sabbath back in, you know, the Sabbath is, is a day for that. You don't do no work at all. You know what I'm saying? It's like complete rest pretty much. So it's like, so if somebody was dying or something was happening, would you stop that because of a religious practice pretty much? Or would you like, you know, go forward and was doing was more was doing morally right and going to save the lamb or saving your your family member that's hanging off the cliff, pretty much. And I love that too because Jesus, when they were eating too, Jesus had um, he had told them like there he told them a parable of how when the bridegroom is with them, then they celebrate and they rejoice. And um, <laughs> it's funny because the disciples were sitting with the son of God. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was like a celebration. The Pharisees didn't see it because it was like Jesus wasn't with them, you know. Mm-hmm. So they were fasting and stuff because they were fasting for Because think about it. When you're fasting, it's like a lot of the fasting you see in the Bible. When you look at the book of Esther and um esther was fasting and she was she called all these people to a fast because she was scared about king Zeres and whether he was gonna allow her to be as a woman just come in and interrupt you know like she had to go up against these norms or whatever and she called them into fasting you know and that was just so god could like be with them you know mm-hmm. and so like when jesus had told them you know the bridegroom is with you you know what was the need to fast if he was our, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like, yeah. And it's, and it's also, it's also like, you need to catch, uh, as we, as people need to catch too, like, for instance, it's going to shock you. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's the depiction, not saying these things are wrong, but 
people are doing these things. We do this stuff not knowing the, the detail and why we do it. You know what I'm saying? Because just think about it, uh, you know, a person who has like a kosher kitchen, you know what I'm saying? You know, people don't know in the Jewish faith, you know, kosher kitchens, you know, they're not allowed to have certain pots touch each other pretty much. So everything is like separated, you know, and everything, you know, for different foods they cook. So, but some people just, you know, if you go to these people, some people just don't know why they do it. They just do it because of, Hey, I just do it because it's just part of my religion. But they just do it not knowing the significance of it. And that's what Paul is trying to indicate. It's like y'all doing this stuff. Like even at the last part, he said, you know, people do harsh things to the body, which is like, you know, fasting. Fasting is a harsh thing to the body. You starving your body to death. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But make sure you're doing it for Jesus. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And then people doing this stuff. And they think, and he said it doesn't do nothing to, like, their sensual desires. You know what I'm saying? They think, like, oh, if I take a 40-day fast and not eat, I'm not going to have sexual immortality no more. And when they finish it, they start noticing they're craving it even more because they're not defeating it spiritually. They're just doing it because of a practice, pretty much. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you or like really check your motive. Exactly. And it's like it's like it's like people doing these things with their own motives. Like, are you doing it for you or are you doing it for to get your relationship closer to the Lord? You know what I'm saying? And people do it for themselves. You know what I'm saying? And they know why every time they do it, they always fall short. You're gonna and you be like, Man, that stuff didn't work. Let me try a different fast. Let, it might be let me try a fast that's thirty days instead of ten. Then like, dang, I feel that. Let me try a fast because you're not getting the the point of it. the point of the fasting when Jesus fasted in the uh, wilderness for forty days and forty nights, he did that. You know, it broke him down. He he's you know saying he's the son of God, right? You know, he's the son of God, and this guy could turn anything to bread. He got tempted by Satan. You know, literally says it. You know, he uh he had thoughts of just jumping down and just in his life. You know what I'm saying? But and, and it was no, cause he told Satan like, Hey, God is not the, you know, is not to be tested, you know, and test him, you know? And so it, it, it was, Jesus knew why he did that. It was literally the, the beginning of his walk, you know what I'm saying? Right yeah. after he got baptized, it was the beginning of everything. It was like a stripping of my body, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm getting rid of everything. I'm humbling myself yeah completely, you know what I'm saying? Before I go on this journey that the Lord got me on. I know it's been, I know it's been 30 years, but I'm finished. I'm about to go on this journey, <laughs> strip my body away. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Strip my body away. And I'm, and it's going to break me down to the point where God is the only thing I call upon mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, that's what I'm doing it for. And yeah. it's like a, it's like a humility pretty much, mm-hmm. you know? And he, and he, and at the end he knew that he knew that it was like, man, Cause at the end of the day, God's name is gonna be called. You know what I'm saying? No matter who you are, if you don't believe him, you will say his name. You in danger? You are gonna say his name? You gonna scream on his name? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It ain't gonna be a person. It ain't gonna be mom and daddy. It's gonna be God. You know? You gonna <laughs> scream? You gonna call on God? Yeah. And and it's it's a it's a crazy thing. It's a crazy thing, man. In Colossians too, you guys. Um, it says the command Paul says the command do not five times and this is for verses 2 6 for chapter 2 verses 16 through 23 
he says do not five times and after before every do not Paul says why you know he gives us an explanation which is so funny because it's right. like a, it's like a child like like Jesus said he, you re, he requires you to have a childlike faith so it gives us like the reason why we're not supposed to you know do that for instance it says do, in um, verse 18 do not let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you such a person also goes into great detail about what they have seen they are puffed up with idle notions by their unspiritual mind so you see these things and then underneath it it says they have lost connection with the head from whom the whole body supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews grows as god causes it to grow so I think it's funny, it's so funny that in verse 21, we see the quote, Paul's been talking all of this whole, these verses, and the title of these verses before is called Freedom from Human Rules. And we see verse 21, it says, do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. Now it's funny that Paul's been talking, like I said, all these verses, and there's a quotation, there's an emphasis um, around verse 21. And around, you know, for that emphasis with the quotations, there's also exclamation marks where, you know, I feel like Paul was using some, um, <laughs> some sarcasm. what you think, babe? Like he was mocking the instructions because they're not, they appear, they have an appearance as wisdom, but they're not really wisdom. They're not wise because how can something be wise when it's not from Christ? Exactly. And also not also other than wise but also will perish we use pretty much over time because it doesn't because you got to think about the, the the colossians people he's speaking to you know these people they're doing just these things and they're thinking like oh man we do these things that we heard in the past everything will be okay but they notice and there's no results getting it from it and that's scary because if it perishes it dies away exactly so, so you're not growing yourself. Exactly. So like when we get to and like I truly believe this, when we get to heaven, God ain't gonna ask you like how many fasts you took. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It doesn't matter at the end of the day. It doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? The word don't even talk about like these things like oh you you know what I'm saying? Even the commandments ain't even got it on there. And those like are the original, like, you know, these are the original rules written. You know what I'm saying? It's supposed to be like for you and God. It's a it's a personal thing. That's why it says anoint your head with oil so that people, you know, you're not going around like, hey, you know, like no, no one should ever know that you're fasting. That's something personal with God. That's why the Bible also talks about how you will receive your reward in full. So if you want everybody to know, you know, then everybody knows and that's your reward, you know. But I love, because that also goes in with this verse, too, how it talks about a sensual indulgence, like a gratification. And there's like an unhealthy want for like a gratification from the world in, in Christianity. I mean, that's why it's called a, a false humility. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you know, what people don't know what humility is, it just means to be humble, have the, you know, the mentality to just not lowering yourself well kind of lowering yourself but not to the point where you like just have low self-esteem but you just like you're not you're not just like for sort of say like you know showing off or you know you just very modest about what's going on especially in your space and uh once you you know with that mentality you know that a lot of us do lack 
you know, eat meat sometimes or I like get some shoes or something. And I'd be like, man, like I want to be so humble. But then it's like somebody say, man, I like your shoes. You know, some some like comes up in your heart like, dang, man, like, you know, that's that's a good feeling. And then it's like you have more than one person tell you that it can start becoming a dangerous spot because you start liking the comments, you know, and everything. Then you're like, man, I'm going to buy some other shoes and I'm going to wear these and people just going to like them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like it's like a thin line, especially doing these things, because, you know, the Bible even tells us, like, if we fast, do not let nobody know you're fasting. You know what I'm saying? It literally states that don't even t- like don't let nobody know that you are. And it's and I believe it says cover yourself like from your you know from the the appearance that you're fasting you know what I'm saying like you know when people fast and they're hungry or they like you could tell they're not eating and stuff you know you supposed to like hide it because it's not to be shown because if you show it's like what the Pharisees did where they would like name to show everybody they're fasting or show all you know they wore scrolls and stuff on their you know their hats and their, they wore around their neck. About like, man, look what Bible verses I got, this and that, you know. Uh, look at all of a sudden they will do all this stuff and they would pray out loud in the streets and they would just do stuff for show, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> just to show their, you know, just to show their You think Jesus was rolling his eyes when he seen them on the quarters? I don't know. I'm not rolling his eyes, but he probably like, man, like get up, man. Like you're not even <laughs> like we I know, bro. You're not even doing it. You just doing it for cause you know the Pharisees were higher officials. They were teachers of the law, so they kept. They knew the law. They knew everything about the law, mm-hmm. but they didn't. They didn't have the love of the Lord inside their hearts. Their hearts were hard, you know, and they were so full of themselves. Where they had everybody below them was. They looked down at them instead of you know. It was no humility with them, none. And it's like that's why they was always mad at Jesus because they think the Son of God, which they know the prophecy of that. They think he's going to come, you know, pretty much on a, a royal horse and stuff like that. Not knowing that if they knew the Lord, they would know that if he's going to bring his son, it's not going to be like that. You know what I'm saying? It's not going to be like that. Why would God bring his son where he flunts himself around everybody, even though he has it, has the ability to, but and do that and make everybody around him feel low. Jesus came in the appearance of a man. You know, that that was never looked upon. That was a carpenter, you know, that was born in a, you know, barn pretty much around animals. And and this guy rode on a donkey, you know, you know what I'm saying? And uh, he walked everywhere. He didn't have no no royal horse or anything, no chariot, you know. And that's that just shows the humility that, that the Lord has. You know, it's not about the glamour. It's about. You know, the relationship with him in, in the heart. It's about the inner, the inner you. You know what I'm saying? You know, Jesus had a beautiful soul. He may not have been a man, you know, people will like hang around with, but he had a beautiful soul, you know, and, and deep down people realize like, man, this must this man must be from the Lord. You know, like in the word it says that even when he was down on the cross, a soldier looked upon him and said, This guy, you know, this has to be, you know, the son of God. You know what I'm saying? So it just people just start seeing it you know and it's like you will miss it if you ain't paying attention you know what i'm saying so that's my little spill on that about you know with that i can go on all day how do you feel that like religion has affected you like with your early um 
Like your early walk with Jesus. Um, I feel like I feel like I was in the same boat. You know, I would like go to church and I thought literally all the way from like kindergarten into like high school, I feel like going to church was like the validation for my faith. So it's like when I finally like left home and went through, you know, as an adult now, uh, and I going to church, you know, I really felt like, dang, man, people gonna look at me like I'm not following the Lord. And and sadly, people have came to me and think I wasn't following the Lord because I wasn't at a church. They and they still in their mindset where if you're a Christian, you have you have to be in a church. If you're not in the church, you follow in the world, which is not because I'm not scared. And, and it's, it's a scary spot. And I feel bad for those people because it's like they put all their heart and their faith in a church. What if a time, and I do believe there's going to be a time come where there ain't going to be no more churches. So what do you do? Are you going to fret? Like, oh man, I can't be, you know what I'm saying? Oh, I need, I need the church. I, I need a church. You know what I'm saying? Or are you going to like look up to the Lord? Because like, like Jesus said, you know, Sabbath was for man. You know what I'm saying? Sabbath was made for the man and he is the Sabbath. And people forget, like people are like, what? You calling you the Sabbath? What that mean? Sabbath is every day. It's not a destined day. Mm-hmm. It's every day. Jesus is the Sabbath. It literally says that. Jesus is the Sabbath. He said himself, he's the Sabbath. He is the Sabbath. And the Sabbath is every day. So you, us, you know, we want to, you know, in the world now, we have Sunday or Wednesday or even Saturday depictions like, you know, because there is, you got to think about it. Some churches do churches on Sunday, Saturday, because that's like, oh, some people believe the Sabbath is on Sunday, you know, Saturday or this and that because of the weekend. It's like a big argument in the community about that, you know. And it's it's crazy because it's like y'all people are still like don't get it, you know. Church could church really should be every day, you know what I'm saying? There, these people was going in the synagogues, you know what I'm saying? It was like a daily thing, like you walk in a temple and just. Do your thing, you know, and I feel like that I feel like they should do it like that. Like a church just be open all the time. You know, it's just like if you go to a Catholic church, I mean all the churches available 24-7, you know what I'm saying? Like you can just go in there, you know, do your thing, sit down. And especially like in like Catholic churches, you just go in there and sit down or talk to a talk to their, you know, their pastor pretty much, or who a person that's anointed there, you know, or you can go to, to cathedrals, you know, in Europe, you know, where you can just go in there and, you know, do your thing. It's like old school. And I remember like, you know, when I was like over when I was in the Middle East, like and I would see the guys who would do like their prayers, you know, in the Muslim faith. They pray at certain times of the day, you know, and they pray to the east. You know what I'm saying? That's what they pray towards. And like uh, and uh and when they when they when they did this, out it was like just very just formal, you know. They stop what they're doing, literally stop what they're doing. They get they you know they get the rug out. They do not touch the rug with their shoes, you know. And they pray, they do their prayers, put their shoes back on, roll their carpet back up, and go back to work. You know what I'm saying? So it's just they're they they really dedicated, like it's dedicated dedication based on that. And, uh, and I, I guess like for me, I just didn't want to be that superficial Christian. Like, you know, 
I just like, you know, church validates me pretty much. You know, Jesus validates me. You know, it doesn't matter if I got to go to church or not. It really doesn't. I don't need to be at a church all the time. And this is coming. And I know people are going to hear this be like, call me fake or what? Call me false of who you are. But I'm speaking the truth. And some of y'all might not realize it now, but going to realize it. I want you to just look, go in your church and look around, look around, just look, just look around, look around. Are these people still, are these people acting the same way? Are these people the same? Because the Bible says you would know them by their fruits. It didn't say you would know by the made attendance. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Look at these people, chill with these people. Are these people going to, you know, they, they smile in your face now, but are these going to be the same people that you see in a grocery store? And they know you seen them and they not say nothing to you. They're like, y'all don't even know each other, but y'all go to the same spot, same church. And y'all supposed to be brothers and sisters in Christ and they don't say nothing to you. You're going to realize that you're going to realize it real quick. And it's going to be a wake up call. And don't and don't and don't be like, oh, and what people what people kill me is that, too, man, is that is that, you know, we go to the church based on like the who the pastor is or this and that. But it's like you go to church to praise the Lord. You know, that's who you there for. You're not for nobody, no person. You know what I'm saying? If the word, you know, you know, the person who's there at the church, they speaking the truth, this and that, you know, I'm, I'm going, I'm going to pray. Really church is really for worship. You know what I'm saying? You can receive the word throughout the day, you know, anytime, anywhere. You don't have to go to church like, oh, I need a word. I need a word today. And I have to go to church and go get that word. And you'd be like, I ain't even getting no word yet. You know what I'm saying? And Lord said, you looking at a you looking at a person, but you're not looking at me. Yeah, it's like fellowship. It that's that's all it is. Go there for like fellowship and for like yeah, um, like companionship. That's like all it is for. Keep you accountable, like accountability. You know. But that's how the church is supposed to. But it's not like that. Some are not all. Yeah, some 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 not not all. It's supposed. To, that's the structure of it. You know what I'm saying? So. How you how you feel, what you know, you about do you like as you like growing up now, you think your like perspective on how's your perspective on like how you was when you was younger looking at, you know, Jesus, you know, why as you do now? I feel like growing up in the church, it was always like, um, what is it? Like, it was like going to church a lot of the times was mainly about the person that was talking more so than it was Jesus. Um, I always heard people say, you know, come to my church because my pastor so-and-so, my pastor this, or I've even went to a church where they went in front of the whole congregation and was like hey we need to pay for a trip for the pastor and for the first lady you know and um something about that i never grew up in a church y'all already know some of y'all who've been following us for a minute i never grew up in a church but um something about those things didn't sit right with me you know where i was like "Uh," you know and you'll know whether you are in the right place if you ask yourself one question and this is the question that jesus has been having me ask through my transition from religion to relationship 
in that question he's been asked if he's been having me ask is is this relationship going to draw you closer to me or further from me and when you're able to go ahead and you know ask that question for yourself and then answer it you know and ask god for discernment then you know it'll it'll come he'll show you Mm -hmm. (laughs) he'll show you through confirmation he'll show you through whatever and you'll be able to see and you'll slowly end up seeing you know relationships you know fall off that he doesn't want to be there and um for me i always seen like you know the people in the church and you know as a kid you were like oh my gosh the pastor or you know the pastors in the church you know was kind of like presidents in a way if you think about it Sometimes you can't even get to them after they get mm-hmm. finished preaching this, you know, the word of God or whatever. And, um, you know, our worship or, you know, and you see people on these stages and you're like, oh, you know, and you, I found myself as a kid more solely looking at the people more than what I, than me looking at God, you know, mm-hmm. and even in my adult life. But, um, I feel what you said about like the church attendance and stuff. I feel like I was very ignorant and just not knowing who God was, Um, Not knowing about grace, not knowing about, you know, the Ten Commandments and, you know, the basic things that I should have known about, you know, biblically as a Christian. And, um, you know, I spent many years just going to church, even in my adulthood. I've had people, you know, come to me and ask me about, you know, whether I was still a believer of Christ to me and Rico together. And we were like, what in the world? Like, you know. You know, it's weird, you know, because really, honestly, nobody's faith walk is your business, you know, um, that's Jesus's business. Exactly. And, um, you know, it made me kind of feel uncomfortable, you know, just being church heard. And I've witnessed like, you know, going to church to hear a word on Sunday and I'm sitting there and the whole congregation is laughing and clapping and I'm like what in the world is going on like the word has just went over my head I can't understand it or I've experienced reading the bible and really just reading it and I'm reading it trying to read it like it's a chapter book and I'm not understanding none of it you know and I just I guess like it's one of those things where you just have to come to God like with a repentant heart if your heart is hard as stone like Saul he's not going to be able to pierce through it in the way that um he wants to you know what I'm saying and we have to allow ourselves to be accessible to God and it wasn't until I started like repenting for you know my sin and coming to him with a clear conscience and a clear heart not wanting to be seen or validated by man but to really just get to know him and then that's when I was able to find him exactly and I, I, I feel it I feel it man you know we definitely gotta you know know the relationship with Jesus is like more you know deep than what it is we see at church and stuff you know church can only show you so much you know yeah. and it's it's crazy man that you know even in the church we're 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 talking about you know political views man man you know and it it baffles me because it's like us, you know, us as a whole, as a whole, you know, pe- brothers and sisters in Christ, we're all we're 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 arguing. We are have arguments about you know different people in parties and political, you know, or people be like, oh, like, oh well, 
you know, and the Bible is political, this and that, and it's like, you know, I'm like, the Bible political, and what y'all got going on today is is di- is totally different. You know what I'm saying? It's totally different. Yes, Jesus defeated politically, you know, with the, you know, when the Pharisees gave him the money, that you know, from the Roman Empire, and they asked him, like, you know, who, what belongs to who? And they thought he, they thought they was gonna trick him and say like, you know, all of it belongs to, you know, what I'm saying the money belongs, you know, what I'm saying this money belongs to, you know, wrong. He can keep it. He's because he's over this. But Jesus said, whatever is Caesar's, give to Caesar's, and whatever's God, give to God. And they like. Oh uh, yeah, we got we got we got to kill him because he know too much. He, <laughs> yeah, think about it. He made them look bad in front of these people, so people were like questioning them. You know what I'm saying? Like y'all would be teachers of law. How is this man that claims he's the son of God know more than y'all? And how is he tricking y'all? And how is he the fooling y'all? You know what I'm saying? He was debunking a lot of things. Debunking. This is my thing though. Like, when I see, like, Jesus and when I see, like, Paul, the disciples and stuff, bro, like, the the Bible, I feel like I really do, like, just look, not even the way I feel, like, bump all that. In the Bible, bro, God's people was focused on the kingdom of God, bro. Who was that, John that was on Patos Island or something? No. He wasn't thinking, when he wrote the book of Revelation... He was not worried about what was going on politically. He was mm-hmm. worried about God's kingdom. He was worried about, and that's the thing that we need to understand. Jesus, Jesus, I had to go ahead and scream in your ears. Jesus, okay, he was, God sent him so that he can, he overthrew government. He is government. <laughs> yeah. You know, and these people, we weren't. The disciples were not running rampant on trying to figure out who's going to be the next Democrat or the next Republican or whatever, you know, in charge. They were worried about fulfilling the will of God. And once we start becoming more invested in that, then that's when we'll be powerful and stuff. But it's just it kills me how, you know, we can just it's just annoying. It's crazy. Like, how are we talking more about? politics than we are about jesus like that needs to just stop exactly that's creating more of a separation and division than anything like how is that promoting and like pivoting the kingdom of god exactly you know so i feel oh because i could just go on and on about this but anywho i need a ballot (laughs) (laughs) next case next case Next case, pretty much. And it's like... It's like what? I just had it on my tongue. It just, like, slipped away. I hate... I kind of hate when that happens. Especially when you're speaking. But... But, yeah, guys. uh, You know, we just got to stay focused on the Lord. You know, sometimes I sit, sometimes I be sitting, you know, sitting around, be thinking like, man, like, what the Lord's got, honestly, what the Lord got to do with you, 
definitely gonna be something different. But he gotta do somebody else. You know, we all we all prophesy in part. And uh that's why you should never like envy was God got some you know, God got for somebody. Because you know, everybody has a part. Everybody plays a part. And you should be happy for your brother and sister because they're playing a, a major part. Be praying, cover them, you know, cover them, you know. Like Paul, Paul said, pray for him all the time, you know, make sure he's bold, you know, for the Lord, you know, because there's sometimes you face some, you face some people or face some object, ob- obstacles that's like, I don't know about this one, you know. That's me all the time. I feel like, Lord. We were just talking about this where you said, like, sometimes a God, sometimes, bro, God will give you a God wink. When you start tapping in, when you start going and tapping into relationship outside of, like, religion and legalism and stuff, bro, it's going to be times where you'll be at work or you'll be walking or something and God will be like, go talk to that person. And me and Rico would just talk about this. We'd be like, man, God, we got to do it right now. Like, God, you know, make you, you do it. Up and drive off and stuff. And then something happens to the point where you just, you got to listen. You got to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, do what God has told you to do. And it's like, it's just one of those things where it's like, it's a blessing, bro. It really is. It really is. Yeah, we got we got to stop, you know, pr- doing good deeds thinking it's gonna earn us a spot yeah validate us you know what i'm saying and sitting in a high chair or something because even the bible tells us that our works are like filthy rags you know and i and i feel it i feel it with the rag thing too you know filthy rag you know something's dirty you clean it up you know what i'm saying it's just like when you do something when you do a good deed it's contaminated now because in your mind, you already contaminated because you're expecting something out of it at the end of the day. So it's already your mind is filthy at that point. They're like filthy rags. You gotta think about it. They could have related to anything else, but they they chose a rag and what it does. And I'm like, you know rags what? Can get stinky after a while. Yeah, know? that's what I'm saying. It start getting that nasty little smell. I know that little nasty smell. And one smell thing like- about rags too, it it's uh it stains. Some like them, some it's yes, like yeah, they're like throwaways. They they stain. You can see the previous work on them. Yeah, they're old. It's like if you do a good, if you do a good deed for somebody, and you expect to oh. return. You already contaminated the deed, pretty much. You already did. Like you know, what I'm saying you already just messed it up. You know, just even thinking about that. You know what I'm saying, like. You know, I'm going to do this because this is going to give me like this going to give me this. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's crazy, man. But yep. yeah, y'all, we're going to um, go ahead and wrap it up. We're going to hit the hay. Go to go night night. Go night night. Um, but we love y'all. God bless. And we pray that this was a blessing to somebody, to anybody. Mm-hmm. And um, we love y'all. God bless. All right. God bless, y'all. Love y'all. Bye.